Hello and welcome to episode two of the Raider Powered Podcast. I'm Ryan and with me as always is my man Moss. How you doing partner? I'm doing good man. Good to be in Houston, Texas. Oh yeah, down here for the opening game. Uh, let's get started, huh? We're cracking a cold one? Sure, of course I'd always. Sweet. So, uh, just episode two. Right now we're under iTunes review so hopefully we'll be firing new episodes up every week shortly once we get uh, approved. But we're down here in Houston for the first game of the season, and I'm um, going to give you guys a little time travel episode. We can give our predictions pregame, and then come back afterwards and see if we were right. Ryan, who do you think is going to be the QB for the Red Raiders? Uh, I'm hoping it's Jet Duffy. I'm hoping it's Cliff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that'd be uh, ideal to have Cliff suit up, but I just don't. You know, I think he's going to be calling the police today instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to see Jed Duffy play. I think we see more than one quarterback, honestly. And if I'm, I, I think he's leaning towards starting with McLean. We're going to see McLean Carter out there. Uh, I'm thinking we're going to see at least two quarterbacks. There's a chance for three. All right, Chris. Uh, what do you think the prediction? Score the game. How's it going to end up? Man, I think Texas Tech comes in here and proves everyone wrong that their defense actually is legit. I think that they hold uh, Ole Miss to around 30 points which is huge, and I think they win around 35-30. Texas Tech wins. So you think we're going real close to that over-under number of 69? Yeah, absolutely. I think Texas Tech really holds them to 30 points. So you're thinking Tech covering that too and under 69? Yeah. I agree. I don't think it's going to be quite as high scoring because I think Cliff's going to eat up a little bit more of the clock with the run game. He said he's going to be run first. Granted, that might just mean he literally runs run play first and then throws yeah. every other play anyways. Did you look at Dalion Ward as a yeah. running back? He's yeah. sick. I mean, he was out last year, yeah. but he's back now. Yeah, he's sick. Um, we you also have... King. Yeah. And then yeah, we also have the, the, the slot receiver high that yeah. was out all last year. Yeah. He's back. That's like a six-year senior or something. They gave him eligibility. I heard Vasher put on like 30 pounds also. Which is great. Which, which is which huge. My boy Vasher, you know I love him. We also have a, another freshman receiver who's also six foot five. Who? Outsides. I, honestly, I can't remember his name. I just read an article before it, the season. Did you see Seth Collins? Seth Collins, the transfer. He's a dog. Yeah, the Seth he's Collins, ex-quarterback. Thank you so much for following us on Instagram. You are my favorite player on the team. Also, Other than Cliff Kingsbury, if he suits up today. And if he wants to play quarterback today, I mean, he can. He played, yeah. He started as quarterback and then transferred receiver. He doesn't no, ball. he's sick for sure. What's your uh, prediction for the game? Uh, I think Tech wins, like, like you said. Uh, Ole Miss does have... Uh, one of the best receiving corps in the nation, their quarterback. I mean, he looked great last year when he came in for uh, Shea Patterson, really took over the team. They're dangerous in the air, but our secondary is good. You know, we got Parker out there. Yep. Hopefully, Deshaun Jeffries suits up. Deshaun Johnson. Um, John Johnson, sorry. Uh, suits up. I mean, he's game time decision, and would we really need him back there? I think but Cliff's they're, just playing the media, yeah. though. But the same thing is the, the Ole Miss run game. It's so unproven. No Ole Miss running back has had a D1 carry in their career. And we have a really? great yeah, we have a great front. We have a good linebacking experienced core, especially, you know, headed up by our boy, the captain, uh, Dakota Allen. And I honestly think we stuff him on the run game. And if the secondary can play well, I think we can hold them to like, I don't know, 21, 28 points, and then it's a W. It's a W. All right. So before we uh, before we wrap this up, I just want to give a shout out to my main man Greg here, flying from New York City down to Houston, Texas, and then getting a mullet for the game. I mean, he's gonna look electric out there, but don't sleep on my man Chet coming down with me from Boston in one of the most electric Texas Tech Hawaiian shirts I have ever seen. All right, we got to get Chet on the podcast. All right, Chet, Chet, Chet say hello. Chet and Greg, come on over here and give your predictions. Yeah. So Chet here. Um, Consider myself an expert in the field, you know. I uh, went to Texas Tech for eight years. It took me <laughs> took me eight years to graduate. Um, so it took me eight years to graduate. So that being said, uh, Texas Tech is going to win by eight. It's going to be <laughs> fucking eight to nothing. Twenty-eight twenty. Texas Tech final book it. All right, my man, the mullet, the mean mullet, Greg. Give us a score prediction, and we'll come back later, and we'll see how wrong we all are. I'm surprised you could catch him to do this podcast. He looks fast. Oakley glasses on. He looks really fast. Pretty elusive. All right, Greg, tell us your inspiration behind the uh, mullet, and give us your prediction for the score. I'm just trying to bring some some Red Raider power yeah. to Houston. You know, I just want to be real fast. My prediction is spot on with you, Moss man. It's thirty-five thirty. Red Raiders. Well, that's it. Guns up, baby. Guns up, baby. We're heading over to the field, and let's get a W.
and uh, we're back from our time travel. And, uh, you know, the game didn't exactly go how we had hoped it would. But, but uh, you know, Tech will we'll ride again next week. Uh, Chris, why don't you um, give some thoughts on your prediction of the score versus what actually happened? Yeah, some feedback. Uh, they did lose 47-27. to 27. I think we really lost that game in the first quarter. Actually, within the first five plays, really. Um, or, sorry, five drives. Um, and being the game, the scoreline looks pretty bad than losing by 20. Um, being at the game, I'm pretty optimistic when it comes to the future of Texas Tech football. Um, I can dive into the details, but Ryan, what do you think? Um, so what I will say is I agree with the the game was decided in the first five drafts. Um, that first quarter, really, that was the difference maker, and that is why Tech lost. But when it comes to... Wh- hey, Ryan, actually, let's go over what happened at the game for some of the listeners that didn't get to watch the old Miss game. Yeah, absolutely. So game starts off. Tech wins the coin toss. We let Ole Miss have it. Uh, Ole Miss gets the ball. And just, you know, we, we knew they had a dangerous passing attack, but it turned out to be real dangerous real quick. Two plays, 50-yard touchdown throw, touchdown, fucking Ole Miss. After that, Tech gets the ball back. We get to see McLean Carter making his first start this season. Uh, he's a guy that Cliff chose. He's a guy Cliff went with. And he leads us down the field. You know, helped by an incredible T.J. Vasher catch that might be the best. That'll be the catch of the year in college football. Um, yeah, it was actually the number one catch on uh, Sports Center's. Yeah, it was insane. Plays. But we capped that play off with a touch or that drive off with a touchdown. You know, now everyone's buzzing. It's seven seven. Yeah, the defense gave up a quick one, but we're not worried. What do we do? You know, special teams goes out there, kicks the ball off, and Ole Miss takes it to the house, and that takes the steam right out of the stadium real quick. It was actually Following a good that, kick as well. I know. He pinned him. He hit it deep, and this kid just fucking took off and ran it to the house. I don't even know if he got touched. But we get the ball back, and McLean's going out there for his second drive of the season. And, I mean, as fast as he was our starter quarterback, it was done. He hurts his Achilles. He comes out. uh, He stretched out. out. Yeah, I mean, he he got got carted off. It was – he definitely really hurt his leg. Yeah, right in front of us. Um and following that, um, you know, that's where we see two quarterbacks start warming up. And we're yelling, who's, who's going to be, Duffy or Bowman? And Cliff goes with Bowman. Bowman comes out. He doesn't look bad, but, I mean, it's his, his true freshman first time out there on a college field. We end up punting the ball. Pretty bad punt, but the defense comes out. And three plays, and we get – all the punts are terrible. But the defense comes out, three plays, and we get what we think is a stop. And, Chris, what happened? The most BS targeting penalty I've ever seen in my entire life. Exactly. An overthrown ball and a shoulder tackle. You know, that ruined the... That honestly, in my opinion, that was the game right there. I mean... That was the game. You know, not... Not only does it turn a, a, a stoppage on downs into Ole Miss getting the ball back in 15 yards, but also Desmond Smith, our starting cornerback, he's out for the game. Yeah. He's out for the entire game on the their third drive. They're really their second real drive, not counting the kickoff. It's the first quarter. He's out for the game. They get the ball back, and we get them, you know, we shut them out in three, drive, three plays again, but they're so close now. They get a field goal, and now it's already 17-7. to Also, Johnson's out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was pregame. We found out his game-time decision. Deshaun didn't play, and I uh, I mean, his replacement, uh, number 16, his name's Thomas Leggett. Let's just say Leggett and Deshaun aren't exactly the same player, and having him over the top when they have those three big receivers going at us would have been real fucking helpful. Yeah, they were just picking on him. Yeah, he was, he was getting absolutely picked on between the running backs and the receivers. From from both ends, really. Um, but, you know, after that, I mean, it's 17-7. to 7. We're in the first quarter. Uh, at the end of the first quarter, it was 24-7. to 7. Ole Miss got another stop and another score. And at this point, it, being a Red Raider fan there in the, in the, in the crowd, we were nervous. I'm not going to pretend we weren't. But it, it's we're down three scores. Um, and But we got three quarters left. And after that, you know, that that's where I think the game was lost. But at the same time... We kind of, the game 
we got, we scored ten in the second quarter. We got it closer. You know, at one point it was a it was a one score game in the third, and I mean, I mean, it was just, it ended up just being you know heartbreaking in the end, the fourth quarter when we couldn't do anything. But like you said, it was a closer game than it seems. It was just a real rough first quarter to the first game of the new yeah, season. That's true. And with Bowman coming in, I, I guess that'll be our starter next week as well. I'm not gonna lie, he, he did pretty good. I mean, kid threw for two seventy five and a touchdown. I mean, granted he threw the ball forty nine times, but um just so the for you fans out home, uh to compare it to our predictions, uh my man Moss over here predicted the game to be thirty five thirty at tech. Uh, our buddy Greg that came down, the, the man with the mullet, he also went 35-30 to Tech. You know, those are hopeful scores, and they just didn't work out the way you would have wished. Our man Chet, uh, eight-year Tech guy, he went 28-20. to That was off. And I said that we could hold them to 21 points and that we would win and cover, and it would be an <laughs> you under. You lost in the first quarter, buddy. I was wrong. I, they scored more than what I said in the first quarter. It was an over, without a doubt. Tech did not win, and Tech did not cover. So, so far, your boy <laughs> is 0 for 3 on Tech picks this season. Oh, not the man, best. oh, man. Not the best. But when you're down there and you're going to the first game, there's no way you're not picking the boys to come up big. Unfortunately, yeah, that's true. But oh, let's go more big picture, pros, cons of the game. What did you like? What did you not like? I'm going to start off with the pros. I really like the running game. I really saw that DeLeon Ward is our first starter. I mean, he's really good. What do you run for? Like ninety-seven yards and a touchdown or something like that. He could weave in. He could uh, weave in between the tackles really smoothly. I think that is a big plus. Trey King also looking really good in that game. Um, I mean, my favorite part about Ward was his yards per carry. I mean, yeah. dude was getting over five yards a carry. Uh, fucking give it to him every play. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I was thinking also. Bo- Bowman, honestly, I'll put as a pro. Um, I was hoping to see Duffy. I'm glad the cameras weren't on me because I was screaming for Duffy to come into the game. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Bowman was a pleasant surprise. I mean, he looked pretty good out there. He looked composed. He looked like a real He looked like a real high-quality quarterback. He was big. Um, he did not look yeah. like a freshman. Um uh, I'm excited to let him get a chance to develop a little bit. He, like you said, he looks like a pro style quarterback. Yeah, and he he stood in the pocket tall. Yeah, uh, yes, he did. And all, you know what? The biggest pro of them all is the offensive line. They got how many sacks did they get? I don't even think they got a sack. Zero. zero. Sacks. They got zero. Zero sacks. sacks, and we got like three, four, or something like that. I mean, our O line, the trenches. We we were doing good in the trenches. Yeah, I mean, the O line was fantastic. Um. The height on on the outside, the wide receivers were oh, great. Oh, baby, those are my favorite guys from the team. The height, the, the new guy, what's his name? Wesley. Wesley, he looks really good, really good. He is and taller. He is Seth fast. Collins. Seth Collins, that's another big pro. Yeah, it was. Uh, a, I think he, he was made a, a drop, but like he, yeah. you know what? He looked really good up there. Also, yeah, it was it was a limited time for him. I think they pulled him after that unsportsmanlike he got. But I mean, oh, yeah. the unsportsmanlike, like that was a pro for me. Uh, I like that that grit <laughs> out there, um, and he he definitely was a pro. You're right. I mean, I'm hoping that we see him more and more get involved in this offense because if you want to talk about someone with pure talent, that's Seth Collins. Mm-hmm. Glad he came over from Oregon State. Uh, I'm gonna jump into the the cons now. Ooh. The defense. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna hop back over into the pros. Oh yeah, the pros. Game. The kicking game. Kick game. Kane Hatfield, you're back. Clayton Hatfield, our savior. I wish your foot wasn't all screwed up last year because we would have won a couple more games. Would have been Kansas State. Would have been Oklahoma State. I'm sure we could have snuck another one in there. But you know what? You look good. I don't think he missed a field goal, and I don't think we missed an extra point, which basically happened every game that we were missing an extra point or missing a field goal. Um, so that you know that was awesome. Kept us in the game. I could not. I could not agree more. Yeah. Yeah, it kept us in the game. Um, but, Chris, if yeah. you're going to go kicking as your last pro, can I suggest yeah. punting as your first con? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to save the kicking. I mean, I was going to save the punting for last. But I, my 97-year-old grandma could have hopped <laughs> onto the field and kicked better than whatever this Australian guy's name is. And I'm a big fan of the guy. 
great personality. I'm just not, you know, pulling his name up off the top of my head, but Pan- he's, he's a great dude. Yeah, yeah. he is a great guy. I really like him. But what in the hell was going on, man? Like he had a ten yard punt. You're a ten yard punt. You're a you're a Division One college punter, and you were good last year. What was and you're playing indoors. This is like prime time for punting. What the hell happened, man? So so I just pulled up the stats. He had five punts, and like you said, we we're indoors. And as I recall, none of the punts were really pooch punt scenarios. Like he was in our own no. side, and his average for length. Take a guess. I'm gonna say 25 yards. It was it was actually 34, which surprised me as well. But when you think about it, that's nothing. And like I, I know, could do that. I, I yeah, Honestly. for sure. For sure. I hundred percent could do that. But in a critical part of the game, he kicked a ten yard punt. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily we got He's... turnover there, but ten yards. We were we were getting the worst field position because of this dude's punts. With an explosive offense. I mean, honestly, with an explosive offense like Ole Miss, you kick the ball thirty yards, twenty yards, or whatever he was doing. They that's one throw. That's a one throw touchdown for those guys. Yeah, it's so it's that like... biggest, biggest con possible. You Need to fix whatever's going on. Go see a shrink. Go get a new leg. I don't care, man. Cause right now you stink. You smell. You smelt up the entire entire stadium. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. I was so mad. I'm actually getting heated thinking about it. I'm getting too hot. Hey, you know I'm what? I'm getting too hot. I gotta take this shirt off because I'm getting too hot. I'm popping the top off. I'm popping. It's off. It's off. It's off. Oh, God, man, I'm heated. I hey, you know what sucks even more? Last year. You know what, buddy? I will never forget your name again because I'm going to be bringing it up every single podcast. And I hope you're listening. I hope Dominic, you're listening. Dominic Benazzolo. But uh, uh, you know what? The thing I'm going to let you take a con now because I'm, I'm a little too hot right now. I'm a little too hot. Right, I'll you go con, con next. I'll go con next. So I got to take a little sip here. A little oh, sip, what, sip. What, are you, what are you sipping on over there, Chris? A little Ooh. dandy. Ooh, Wow. <laughs> we'll have to dive into that. We'll have to dive mm-hmm. into that later because I hear they're our next sponsor. Um, oh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, the next con, uh, the rush defense. Um, so yeah. you would expect you would expect for the run defense to have a good game. You know, we get that front that front four. We got those linebackers, and then somehow they come out and. There, this kid, Scotty Phillips, fucking Scotty Phillips, he had never had a D1 carry in his career. He ran 204 yards, and he averaged 13 yards a carry, Chris. He averaged 12.8 yards a carry. He had two touchdowns. 16 carries, 204 yards, and two touchdowns. That is a ridiculous stat line. That's, like, I don't know how that's possible. I mean, I do. I watched, and he was just getting massive holes, and he had two 50-yard touchdown runs. But Wait. how do you let this kid get 204 yards and 13 yards a carry? He was a true freshman running back? Uh, I'm not sure if he was a true freshman or if he was a sophomore. Fir- I'm that sorry. Never- that was the first game he's ever played? That was his first D1 game. <laughs> you're, you're serious? 100%. <laughs> what? Yeah, he hadn't had a carry before. Oh my god, dude! All the hype around the defense. And Sheesh. like, I, I like, I can. I just remember this one play. I mean, I'm gonna call him out again. I'm calling out Leggett again. I, I mean, I there's just one play that I keep remembering. The Scotty Phillips 50 or 60 yard touchdown run that he had, and and. You know, there's a hole up the middle because we're concentrated on their four wideouts they have. I think they're in a shotgun set. He comes up the gut, and you know, there's no linebackers there. They, he gets right through, and it's one-on-one with Leggett. And it's in the open field. He drops one juke. That, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was a pretty nice move, but it was one juke. And Leggett didn't even get a finger on him. I don't know how you don't at least trip him up, slow him down, whatever. But he didn't get a finger on this kid, and he broke. He just no one else behind him. He got 60 yards. He's a safety. I know the line was healthy, but um, all right. So that's that's two cons. Uh, I feel like the next one is obvious. It was a secondary, but like we said, it's hard to judge with one of the starters getting targeted in the first quarter, another guy being out with an injury. But I mean, you still want to see better than that. Justice Parker. I mean, he didn't have a great game. He's got. I mean, he was going up against AJ Brown the whole game. AJ Brown, potential All American receiver, uh, but still, he was getting bullied. Dakota Allen looked really good. I'm going to add him to the pro 
Oh, that is – I agree. He was – I, I remember this, everybody. Yeah, they had this one screen pass, I remember. It was on the, the right side. And somehow he went from middle linebacker to making the tackle. Like, I have no idea how he got across the field that fast. Legit. I mean, he, I mean, it seemed like every tackle was him. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a pro. I mean, I feel like we're going to say that every game. Um, Hopefully. I think Another I, con I, is yeah. penalties. Agreed. This reminds I mean, me of, like, the 2016 team with the amount of penalties that we got. I mean, Six a lot of the, yards. the thing that was crazy was the, the, all the penalties in, like, the secondary we were getting while they were getting nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You that's, hate to point to the rest, but it was The second targeting call was hilarious, though. The he second did, targeting call was... He dead-fished him. That was the biggest targeting I've ever seen. He dove like a dolphin head first right into this motherfucker. What was that, Vontae Dorsey? Uh, yeah, number 10, right? <laughs> he just dead-fished him. So funny. Oh, you know what? I was all for it because that game was BS in my opinion. But at, that point, at that point, <laughs> it didn't make a big difference. Let's, um, let, I'm going to toss it back over to a pro. Um, the fact that the defense got a turnover. Yeah, turnover attack is back, baby. That fumble take, put, put us actually in a position to tie up the game. Actually, that, that was in the fumble, third quarter, right? That, yeah, that, that fumble actually made it... Uh, he made that 10-yard punt, saved his ass. Yeah, because he 10-yard punted it. We got a fumble like the next play, and then we couldn't do anything with it. But still, they gave us a chance to be back in the game. Um, the that's something to that Dan Gibbs harps on is getting turnovers. So getting one in the first game against an SEC team, I mean. Take away tech. Yeah. But uh, another con that know. made me think of that, that next drive after the fumble made me think of it, fourth down efficiency. We went for it on fourth twice in key moments, both times, fourth and short, and we did mm. not succeed. That makes you know, it makes you think that Cliff is going for it on fourth down, but when it's almost the end of the first half, he takes a knee with forty five seconds left. That that showed me at that point in the game he had no confidence in Bowman because I mean you got forty seconds left, you're down a couple scores, you're getting the ball at halftime. Why not let this freshman quarterback go out, try to air the ball out to those tall receivers, and at least get a field goal out of it? Yeah, I really didn't like that. That was a bad move by him. But I think speaking a lot of, of Cliff, the Tech fans are just gonna you know chew him up because of that. Jeff. Well, before you jump into Cliff, let's uh, kick it to one of our recurring segments. Let's hit some Cliff notes. Okay, so Cliff Notes, um, I'll give it a pro you know what? Cliff. He looked good out there. He looked That's good out there on say. the field. I was going to say, he, he looked, looked really good, good, as always. Getting off the bus, that picture we put up on the Instagram, he looked good he looked there. Really good. Uh, so still a man rocket certified. Um, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the cons, that, that end of the half, not going for it. I really, I just hate how that, it just kind of seems almost cowardice. Yeah. Kind of irks you when you fly across the country to go to a game, and then the coach has no confidence in his offense. You know, it's not great. You, it's not you, great. You're trying to will them to win, and he's not giving you a chance. It, it kind of feels like he's not with you. You know, as a fan, which he yeah. is. Cliff, you are. We know you are. But I, you know, I'm. I want you to start winning because I'm sick of defending you in the bathrooms to these old angry men. Because I, I love you, man. We love you. We were but, in the bathroom. We went to take a pee. And this guy starts chewing Cliff out. And we, we I'm were not going to stand rattled. there and take that about my man. No way. No way. I mean, we had your back, Cliff. But, I mean, have ours. Man, have ours. But, exactly. Um, These old go, men I, are vicious, bro. I'm going to go for another pro for Cliff because I, I feel like we're going to get into a few cons uh, right off the bat. But another pro would be... You know, we had talked about in our last episode, hopefully Cliff could help develop these young quarterbacks. And I think, we honestly, like, we were seeing that. I mean, McLean Carter, he went out there. He looked pretty good. He looked a lot better than I thought he would. Vasher, you know, bailed him out a little bit, but he put the ball where only he could catch it. And both quarterbacks looked good. Bowman, I mean, he threw the ball fucking 49 times. He's 29-49, like 275 yards, a couple touchdowns. Like, Bowman looked good. So Cliff is obviously working with these quarterbacks, getting them both – ready to go into a game. And I will say, his quarterback development, as always, great. For Alan Bowman just coming in first game and playing against Ole Miss, a game that was so hyped up to the to the whole Texas Tech community and performing, um, you got to give credit to Cliff and a lot of credit to Bowman for having the cojones 
to get out there and uh, play on an NFL stadium and actually represent the school pretty well. So, Especially um, a game where there's so many fans for both teams. Like, it was a loud stadium each way. It wasn't a home yeah. game by any means. No, it was not. And the Ole Miss fans are very reckless and it, very loud and very obnoxious. So, but big ball Bowman went in there, and he had himself a decent game. How old is he? He's got to be like eight. He's got to be like eighteen or nineteen, huh? Yeah, he's probably like nineteen years old. I mean, he's a true freshman. He had offers to a decent amount of schools. Ole Miss actually gave him an offer, and he turned him down for Tech, um, which is kind of cool to see. But let's. Uh, I know you had some Cliff Cons. Uh, if you want to bring up some of those, I mean, I haven't. I don't really have any more cons other than the fact that he, you know, the first half he really didn't uh, try to go out there and at least get field position for a field goal or something like that. Um, I, I just kind of wanted to talk about him being on the hot seat. That's what I was trying to add our easier way into. So, all right, hop right into the hot seat for Cliff. If on a scale of one to ten, it's got to be like a seven. Yeah, right? it's not it's not inferno yet. It's hot. We, we're not we're not even at wildfire, but small fire, a grease fire in the kitchen. We're at a grease fire in the kitchen. It's like you were cooking toast and left it in for too long. Like went to go take a piss and then like the toast caught on fire. It's not spreading, but it's there. It's like this one time when your roommate doesn't know you can't put a metal pan in the microwave, and then he tries to heat up mac and cheese in there, and then there's sparks <laughs> everywhere, and it almost catches the kitchen on fire, but at the same time. Corvy doesn't quite catch it on fire. <laughs> There's a fire, but it hasn't spread. It's kind of where I'm getting at. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's. I'm gonna say it's probably six point five seven. Just just from like googling him and seeing just all the negative comments about Cliff and you know talking about his job and you know Lane Kiffin and maybe he's the new Texas Tech uh, coach. I've been seeing some posts about that. Um, seeing about his buyout, you know. His contract this year, I think, is three point seven to three point nine million. So, if he was fired in September, it looks like they would have to pay him around five million dollars. Uh, they're going to take his salary from two thousand nineteen and two thousand twenty, and they take half of that, and then you would take the amount that's owed to him in September, which is around seven hundred thousand. So, to fire Cliff in September and uh, find a new coach, you know, you're looking at paying Cliff. Four point seven million, um, so the fire from Texas Tech. So that's pretty pricey. It just depends on how much the boosters and the board uh, think that he's the problem here. So I'm hoping that I'm he can come out the next hot. couple of weeks. I hope the next couple of weeks, you know, this team settles in. They always say the biggest jump is from week one to week two and how a team plays. So hopefully we settle in right here and Cliff can turn it around and people. Stop talking about that seat. I mean, if he loses to Houston, I'm going to say that it's the fire is at an eight. Uh, yeah, because losing to Houston, like losing multiple games against good teams in a row like that, like and not having one win in a streak of probably three or four at that point, that's not going to look great. But, I mean, there are a few other games where if he wins them and he can get us to a bowl, like if we beat Texas, Texas will be huge. Um, there's, there's a that's few the only games. reason that he won. That's the only reason he has his uh, his job is because Nick Shimonet came in and won that game against Texas. Yeah, that was a that was a hell of a performance. I feel like so we talked about that every was episode. Hot. His seat was at like a nine last year, but and you know down. that that win, which also was the reason we made a bowl game, that was huge. Yeah, Nick. God, we miss you, Nick. We do. Jeez. But um, that actually is a nice transition into our next segment. I want to talk about. The Raiders in the NFL, because, you know, rosters have been set. People have made teams. People have been cut. And you know what? The Texas Tech Red Raiders are tied for number one school in wide receivers in the NFL. Wide receiver U is what they're calling us these days. We got Danny Amendola, Cameron Batson, Kiki Cutie, Crabtree, Jakeem Grant, Bradley Marquez, and now the rookie, our man from last year, Derek Willies on the Brown. Seven receivers Derek from Texas. Derek Willies on the Browns. That has been Mayfield's like favorite target. Yeah, and all, seven seven receivers games. on active teams. And Cantrell made the Chargers practice squad, so he's 
It's only because if he wasn't hurt all preseason, he'd be on the active squad. So I'm hoping he gets bumped up maybe by midseason. And then we'll have eight receivers in the NFL more than any other college in the nation. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see it. Uh, it's pretty know, sad because we would really, we really need some depth at wide receiver this year. Yeah, we could use, we could use a couple of those guys. I'll tell you that much. But, uh, Where's Quan Shorts? I, you know, Quan Shorts was good last year. Yeah, he's I, a I good wide receiver. It, it, he didn't make an active roster. Uh, he might be fighting for a practice squad spot somewhere. Hopefully, uh, get some tryouts. No, 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 no. He's still in college, and I just searched his name, and he got arrested. Oh well, that's going to make and it he hard. Was, for... <laughs> and he was dismissed from the team. Yeah, but um, I mean, other than those guys, you know, we got seven other tech players in the NFL. We got fourteen on active rosters. Our man Mahomes is a starter. Can't wait to see him under center this week. Can't wait to see. I mean, Kiki's going to return some punts against my team, the Patriots, but I hope he does well there. Um, Jason you know, Morrow is going to be impressive on the Jets. And he, he's, wait, he got moved. He's on the Chiefs now. Yeah. He's good. He's good tight end. He's been hurt um, the past couple of years, but yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Shimnick, he got cut from the Chargers. I mean, undrafted rookie quarterbacks, they often do. But. I saw he got a tryout with the Redskins, so hopefully he makes their practice squad. And, you know, him and Cantrell can keep fighting the good fight, trying to get on those active rosters, trying to get some playing time. And, you know, hopefully by the end of the season we see 15 or 16 Red Raiders on active uh, <laughs> rosters. Isn't it crazy when you look up all the uh, the players in the NFL from uh, from Tech and you see Cliff Kingsbury, Super Bowl champion? <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. With my New England Patriots backing up my boy Tom Brady. Of course, of course, Cliff is a Super Bowl champion. Because <laughs> he's a winner. He he's a winner. He's... There's nothing else to say. Oh, man. And I... speaking of winners, let's hop into uh, some coverage of next game. Because if we're not a winner there, I'm jumping off my roof. Yeah, we might have to shut down this podcast, to be honest. <laughs> if, here, actually, I'm going to make this a statement here. It's official. If Texas Tech loses to Lamar University, we are going to change to the Lamar University podcast. <laughs> we will become diehard wherever the fuck Lamar is, fans. All right. If, uh, if Texas Tech loses to Lamar, I will get the Lamar logo tattooed on my face. On your face? I thought you were going to say ass. Face is a no. hell of a commitment. No, that's my face. I'm, I'm trying to become like an up-and-coming SoundCloud a SoundCloud rapper. I'm like still pretty low level, but like I'm trying to be up and coming. All right, so, so I think that, a nice Lamar face tap would you know do it for me. And if that happens, not only do you get the Lamar face tap, but your new rapper name is Lil Lamar. Lil, Lil Lamar, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, let's look. I'm going to look at the last couple games that Lamar has played. Um, uh, it looks like they played Houston their first game out of the gate. They lost forty-two nothing. And then they played KY Christian, who doesn't even have a logo. I think that on, might be a high school uh, team. <laughs> no, it's an F, it's an FCS. Wait, are they in the FCS? Yeah, they could. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. They play Stephen F. Austin. I can't. I don't really know. I have to look at they're, they're, uh, they're anyway. FCS. They're FCS. All right, so they played Houston. Um, they got blown out. Um, doesn't look like they did anything impressive. Got like 58 yards in the air and got something like 30 yards on the ground. I don't know if that's a credit credit to how good Houston is this year or if that's just kind of a little chirp about how bad Lamar is. I, I um, think that us versus Lamar, since they just played Houston, I mean, it's going to give us a good look for a look ahead to the week after at or against Houston. Because, yeah. I mean... If if we're not if we play even somewhat of a competitive game against Lamar, I'm not going to be uh, too high on Tech playing against Houston the week after. No, Houston beat Rice 45 to 27. Uh, Rice is Rice. very bad this year. <laughs> Rice is never good. But uh, I mean, they are terrible though. They're that bad. Okay. Well, anyway, you know Lamar, Texas Tech. That's going on Saturday. Uh, we're gonna see Bowman start. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm gonna. Start, I'm excited to let Cliff let him let it fly. You know, that's not yeah. a high pressure game. That's at home too. So let's get some confidence behind this young quarterback. Let's let him fly the ball around, throw like fucking four touchdowns, 
And that maybe let Jet get in some some place. Yeah. Jet's kind of at the waist. I mean, this is what happened last time there was a quarterback competition is someone gets left at the wayside and then they transfer. And they turn into Baker Mayfield. Yep. And then they're a first round pick. So. First overall. <laughs> so let's hope not, that's not Jet Duffy. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, they're the same size, actually. I think they're the same height, Baker Mayfield and Jet Duffy. Um, anyway, looking forward to the next game. What is your prediction on the score, Ryan? Uh, it's at home, and I think that this. I think that Lamar might get seven to ten points against us. I don't think we're going to shut him out. But I think we're our offense starts flying. I think it's going to be fifty to ten. You think so? Fifty to ten. Yeah, I think um, the offense is going to go off. Delay on Ward again. I think. The, the height on the outside, hopefully get Seth Collins involved, Bowman with some confidence, have Cliss run up the score to get the team a little more confidence, and I'm hoping 50 to 10. I want to put up 50 points. 50, Berga. What about you? So I'm going to take a different route here. I think we do shut him out. I think we shut him out. I think David Gibbs is furious at his defense, and I think you know there was so much hype behind the Texas Tech defense all through the preseason and the offseason. Um, all the reports were talking about how much improved this defensive squad was and how great a job that David Gibbs did. And then they let, you know, Ole Miss run him over like that. They got to just be furious because they were leading the chart. Like, literally look at the interviews from the offseason and every single player is talking about how good the defense is because they're battling that offense and it looks like the defense must have been winning a lot of those battles. So... The defense is probably just pissed off. They're playing, you know, Lamar Cardinals. Um, you know, they know that if they lose, I'm going to have to get a tattoo of them on my face. So all these combining factors, I think they shut them out. And I think that the offense, I'm going to say, you know, six touchdowns. So 42 points. I could, I could see for over 40. Um, especially if they're going to be, you know, swapping QBs if, Bowman starts and then Duffy comes in. They're probably gonna, you know, both put up, a, you know, some some touchdowns. But there's gonna be a little bit of lag in between, like getting into the game. Um, I think that Tech scores their first drive, and I also think there will be at least two turnovers in the game for the Texas Tech defense. I think there will be, I think there will be two turnovers. I think we'll see one interception and one fumble. All right. I, I mean, I'd love to see the secondary get involved and get a couple of breakups, maybe an interception or two. That's Can I'm, I parlay all of those things together? A shutout, a fumble, an interception, and at least 40 points? Is there um, any way? I'm going to say no, mainly because I haven't even seen a line for the game yet. <laughs> yeah, that's a little, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but, but that's actually a nice transition. I kind of wanted to end this week and add in a new segment. But um, before we hop into that, I want to thank our new sponsor. Um, I want to thank Dandy Wine, uh, a new up-and-coming dandelion canned wine. It's uh, carbonated. It tastes like LaCroix seltzer water, and it's 6.9% alcohol. If that's not a good mm-hmm. time, I don't know what it is. Chris, why don't you give us a little more info on Dandy? Yeah, yeah. Dandy is a Nevada-based company that's headquarters out of Los Angeles. Um, it's got five partners, all super young, all super hungry to be successful with the industry. Um, you know, it's vegan, it's gluten-free, it's low-cal. It's all of our beverages are below 120 calories. Um, it's actually made out of dandelion wine, which is a piece of American history. Dandelion wine is usually made in uh, Kentucky or Louisiana or Alaska, really. And it's just fermenting dandelions and making wine out of it. Um, I saw it, you know, it tasted amazing, and then I decided to, you know, do a modern twist on it and decide to make this uh, this sparkling wine out of the dandelions. But it has a fun and easy to drink nature to it. So we have three flavors: we have honeysuckle dandelion, uh, we have honey, uh, sorry, we have dandelion honeysuckle, we have dandelion uh, peach bellini, and then we have dandelion blood orange. Um, all vegan, all gluten-free, all delicious. So uh, make like dandy and come and sip the flowers. Coming soon. So, yeah. Hey, let's sip on some flowers, huh? <laughs> ah! Yeah, so thanks to Chris and Dandy for sponsoring the pod. Uh, couldn't do it without you guys. 
So let's end the, the podcast with um, something you kind of leaned into. Uh, betting on college football this week. Uh, do you have... Ooh, uh, that is a new segment that I love. Oh, so my God. I think, uh, I think the easiest thing, because there's so many games we can cover... There's so much going Downstream on. Downstream winnings, huh? <laughs> Downstream winnings uh, coming <laughs> at you. Um, but I say give we, you just, a walk. we each, we each, you know, we'll cover a couple games a week. And this week, um, I'm going to talk about three. If you want to input on them, that'd be great. If you have any other to finish up with, let me know. But I'm going to start with uh, a team from the same state as Tech, Clemson versus Texas A&M at College Station. Clemson is an 11 point favorite. <laughs> Um, oh, I'm taking person- A&M. Per- so you're going A&M. Personally, you know, Jimbo Fisher, you know, he's over at A&M now. He's going against his boy Dabo. They've played each other before. They're, uh, FSU last year, they kept it kind of close against Clemson up until the very end. But for me, it's all about these Clemson quarterbacks and this Clemson defensive line. I think Clemson, 14 points, they're going to win, they're going to cover. I'm in on Clemson. Wow. I think you're wrong, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're going with A&M at home. There's a, there was a poll that went out, actually, about the top 25 and a couple stragglers after. And, um, you know, where who was the most underrated? And people voted for A&M being the most underrated team in college football right now. And to that, I say, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> and Clemson's going to dust y'all out. But um, right. let's hop. Keep going. Let's, yeah, let's go to another game. Another game that I think will uh, actually be... Uh, a really interesting one. It is Mississippi State against Kansas State. And Mississippi State, it's at Kansas State, and Mississippi State is 7.5 point underdogs. I mean, Mississippi State is 7.5 point favorites. Um, so here, uh, I just think, you know, Mississippi State ranked 18 in the country, Kansas State unranked right now, you know, Big 12 versus SEC. Um, and I know Kansas State is at home, but I just don't think they're going to be able to hang with the talent of Mississippi State. I know Kansas State is a, is a run-first team, and this Mississippi State defensive front is incredible. Uh, the only chance Kansas State will have against them is to try to air it out. But, uh, I mean, the quarterback they started last week, he's a running quarterback. They're a running team. They won on the run last week, and their win wasn't even that impressive against NIU, I think. Uh, I think Mississippi State, I'm going with the favorite road favorite two in a row. That's pretty fucking dangerous. But I'm going road favor again, Mississippi State. I think they easy cover. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Kansas State only beat South Dakota Coyotes by three points last last week. Yeah, that's um, just looking at their roster. I don't really see a lot of uh, a lot of returning starters either. You know, one of the biggest guys on their team, Pringle, he's in the NFL now. So yeah, I would also take Mississippi State. Mississippi State's good, really good this year. Yeah, and um, so. I, so we're both on Mississippi State. The last game I yeah. personally wanted to bring up was one um, that I well, – uh, got moved to eight on that game also. It's moved to eight already? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so everyone's ticking towards Mississippi State. But the last one I want to bring up, uh, a team that we're going to see soon, Houston minus four at home against Arizona. Arizona, new coach, uh, Sumlin, and you know, they got that Khalil Tate, their quarterback, Heisman candidate. Um, last week – it didn't seem like the two of them mixed too well. Khalil Tate and them, they only put up like 24 points. But they're four-point road dogs to Houston. Chris, let me get your input on that. The line's actually moved to three and a half, so you're looking at old lines. I'm looking at an aggregate line between a bunch of bucks. I'm on Vegas Insider, but gotcha. whatever, bro. Gotcha, Well, Arizona lost to BYU last week. I didn't even see that. That was a 28-24? 23-28. 23-28, yeah. I mean, for an offense that should be that electric with Khalil Tate running it, you got to put up more than 23 points. Yeah. Sean Poindexter, he's a really good wide receiver. Um, it's at Houston. It's at home. They've got, I mean, one. they probably have a top. Houston has a top five uh, pick on their defense. Ollie, Ollie Howard, maybe his name is. I don't know. I'm going to take Houston. I'm, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take Houston. I'm going to take the over. That's, uh, I was going to say the same thing. I like Houston, that four number. Uh, you know, it's below the nice football number, a seven. And I think at home they can 
definitely get to seven on Arizona. But uh, the over 66, if Sumlin figures it out and gets Khalil Tate going, and that Houston offense going at the same time that just put up 42 nothing last week, I think over 66, that might be a hell of a bet for the people out there. The line got moved to 71. Oh, wow. I actually, I'm looking at that now. You're right. I was just looking at the opening line. It is 71 of the over, which means I wish I got in earlier. You got to think that if Rice can put up 27 points on Houston, their defense isn't as good as I thought. Ah, I agree. Um, And with Arizona having a week to make some corrections. You want to talk about a a wild line move, by the way? The Rice-Hawaii game. I'm pretty sure, let me double check, but I'm pretty sure it opened at 10, and now it's at uh, 17. Yeah, the, well, it, really? the, the, the summary wow. number, so when they came out with early numbers before the season started, it was yeah. 10, if you want to hop in that real early. But after watching last week and the corrections, they opened up this week, reopened at 17, a whole touchdown difference after seeing how much better they thought Hawaii would be and how much worse they thought Rice would be. Sheesh. All right, a game that I want to talk about, which is actually tomorrow, is the TCU versus SMU game. Um, it's played at SMU. TCU is a 23-point favorite, and the over is 59 points. Who are you going to take in that one, Ryan? Who? So I am pretty TCU low. TCU looked good. Yeah, really and I am really good. I'm pretty low on SMU this year. Um, and SMU got dusted by North Texas by 20 points. That's what North I'm saying. Texas. After seeing that last week when SMU was a favorite and lost by three scores to a North Texas team that, you know, I'm not going to talk too much trash on them, but I'm not going to try to pretend they're good. Uh, I think even that it's at 22 and a half points, four score game, which is a big line, especially for someone that's not a powerhouse like a, you know, uh, a Michigan or an Alabama going up against an actual FBS school, I still kind of have to go with over the, the TCU covering 22 and a half. I think that's a lock. I think TCU covers easily versus and, SMU. You know, you would think and over 59. And that's some rivalry, bro. That's some yeah. rivalry. That is a Fort Worth versus Dallas game. And so. you would think like over 59 if you're taking the 22 and a half point spread. But I just don't see SMU putting up points. I think that they no. could cover and still go under. I I also see that. Pretty um, crazy. I mean, do you have any other games? Anything else you want to toss out there for the fans? Well, I don't really have an opinion on this one because I'm not really sure how it's going to play out. But an exciting game for this week is the UCLA-Oklahoma game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, UCLA, uh, 25.5 point dogs playing at Oklahoma. Um, 30 point dogs. 30 point dogs. Wow, I'm looking at that opening line was 25 and a half. It's moved all the way to 30, probably after people saw Kyler Murray have one hell of a game last week. I mean, one that kid. Hell of a game. I mean, I can't believe that kid they is going to the MLB. Good. That kid's going to the MLB, already ninth overall draft pick, and now he could be a fucking Heisman winner, and then what, be a ninth overall NFL pick too, and have to decide between the two? Kid is incredible. It's just like Mahomes. Mahomes was would have been gone to the. MLB also is picked out of high school, but you want to be a quarterback. He's just a, taking a different route. Honestly, I think going if you're both amazing at baseball and football and you can play professionally in both of them, I would go baseball. Just longer career, you know, less stress on the body. I yeah, I mean, I, I get that point. Like, yeah, you're probably gonna have a more long career. You're gonna have a longer career. I mean, you might not make as much money unless you're an all star. Then you you might make more. But there's just something about playing football, going on the gridiron, just fucking taking those hits and playing what is the biggest sport in America. Yeah, baseball is America's pastime, whatever. But America, every Sunday, the best ratings. The Super Bowl, the best ratings. I mean, there's something about being a star in the National Football League that for me, if I had to choose between the two, I'm playing football. Well, if we're both done choosing spreads and overs, I want to jump into a new segment where we run through the Big 12 football schedule for the next week and say, who do we think is going to win? So let's jump in with the TCU-SMU game. We both said that TCU was going to win handedly. Then we have the Mississippi State-Kansas State game. Once again, we both said that Mississippi State was going to roll. Then we have the UCLA-Oklahoma game. Oklahoma's going to win that game, right? I mean, yeah. They're going to win. 
I, I mean, they're gonna win. I, UCLA doesn't I don't have think we should Josh spend Rose very much anymore. time with that. Yeah, I'm skip never it. Win. It's no that's a question. hype game. No that's question. a hype game, but no they're question. gonna win. This one is a little bit more interesting. The Kansas Central Michigan game played in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. So Kansas uh, is actually seven point dogs. Yeah, they lost the Nichols State, and I can't believe they did that. What is David a Nichols State? Poor guy. Huh? I said, what's a Nichols State? Never even <laughs> heard of that. What's a, they're an FCS school. And they lost? <laughs> they lost. You know what's crazy? I'm pretty sure Nichols State has two guys from Last Chance U on their team. I'm pretty sure. I think they have a guy named Ollie. Um, yeah, maybe Ronald Kansas should Ollie. get a whole new team just from Last Chance U. <laughs> Ronald Ollie, yeah, they have him. The guy from Nickel State, he's on that team. He's the big, lovable guy that you know. That was like the first season of Last Chance U, which you still need to see. So it's the uh, we're, we're going to watch the Kansas take on Central Michigan in Michigan. I'm going to take Central Michigan. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm taking I'm taking Central Michigan. I'm trying to see how Central Michigan did last week. They lost by 15 to Kentucky, and Kentucky is not someone that's just going to get rolled over. They're pretty good. Oh, Kentucky is definitely better this year, um, but I still think Kentucky's in a big rebuild. Kansas has been in a rebuild since forever. Um, Seven-point spread, and you know what? Rock Chalk Jayhawk. I'm not going to go with Kansas here. <laughs> No, no, no. We're not talking spreads here. We're talking who's going to win the game. I'm, I'm going to win outright. I'm going to go Kansas. Uh, you know, they got embarrassed by Nickel State, and they're going to be like, fuck, well, maybe we can beat these fuckers in Central Michigan, and maybe they'll have a chance. I think the guys from Kansas, for some reason, would say, darn it. Ah, <laughs> oh, shucks. Gee willikers, we lost again. <laughs> yeah, I can't. To take on. <laughs> I can't ever win. <laughs> So the next game we got Lamar, Texas Tech, Raider. Bar. Yeah, that's an easy dub. All right, then we got. Oh, this one's good. Uh, let's save Iowa that for State. last. Let's save this one for last. Okay, uh, West Virginia, uh, Young West Virginia, Youngston State. Yeah, West Virginia. Saturday. West Virginia went yeah. by fifty. West Virginia looks like the real deal. <laughs> Will Greer is an animal. I mean, last week, them minus 10 was the lock of the century. And I would also like to congratulate Will Greer on his new baby and uh, his uh, marriage to his wife. I wish you all the best. I'm you gonna, seem like a great guy, and you have a great family. So, uh, And yeah. I'm going to wish congrats to Will Greer's wife and uh, baby mama. You picked well, <laughs> and you're going to have a hell of a life yourself. <laughs> oh, he's a man rocket for sure. Oh, yeah. Um all right, next game, Baylor-UTSA. Oh, my God. I'm going to take UTSA. Dude, me too. Yeah, it's played in San Antonio. Baylor looked much better than they did last year, but, like, they still let up a lot of points. Um, yeah, they let up 27 versus Abilene Christian University, a place that I used to frequent often as a child to play tennis at. Terrible football team. Uh, they're trash, and Baylor let them put up 27. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with the Roadrunners because I'm a fan. So I mean, I will say the Roadrunners had a bad start to the season last week when they lost 49-7 to to Arizona State. Um, you know, this isn't the Roadrunners of last year. Last year, they could put up points, and they were so much fun to watch. Um, I still think that... They have, no, I'm taking the Roadrunners. I'm still going to take them. Um, I think they're at home in San Antonio. Uh, they're 11.5-point dogs at home. But I like the UTSA. I, you know, I've been a fan of them for two years now because they made me a lot of money last year. Um, and I hate Baylor, so I'm going to go with UTSA. Dude, Arizona State's actually really good this year. Manny yeah. Wilkins is a hell of a QB. Yeah, they scared Very, me. very good. They, they put up a lot of points versus Tech. That, that's a good team. That's going to be a good, good game. game. I'm excited for that game. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to take UTSA. Uh, we got South Alabama versus Oklahoma State. I'm taking Oklahoma State. Yeah, enough said. That one's not very exciting. Tulsa, Texas. Tulsa, Texas. 
Texas coming off a loss last week versus Maryland, which I was shouting to the heavens and telling every single person to take Maryland because I knew they were going to win. Um, I also want to bring up the fact that uh, they, you know, I want to give a lot of credit to the Texas team for, uh, you know, bringing out four defensive linemen on the first play to honor the uh, the fallen O-line from uh, Maryland. That was really class act. Honestly, class act. Was a class act. Yeah, I really liked it. And they, they declined the penalty. It was great. And I will uh, say – for this game, though, what I'm a fan of is when a top 25 team loses and the next week they're playing a very inferior opponent. Uh, yeah. Just like Tulsa, they roll them, shut out Rico Bosco for that strategy. But, um, yeah, I think Texas rolls Tulsa. Do you think so? I do. I really do. I hate to say it, but they will. Is it? Is it played in Austin? Yep. Oh, it is. Oof. Yeah. All right, fine. I'll take the Longhorns. Yeah, I mean that's that's not even really a that's not shouldn't be a battle for them, but yeah, they'll they'll win. Texas will win. Tom Herman's too good of a coach to lose that game. Um, oh, and I'm not going to be skipping the next week because that's conference play. Uh, let's go back to our final game of the week, probably which the best is game a of the week. Tasty one. It's best a very tasty one. We got Iowa State versus Iowa. Yeah, so this one's really interesting because Iowa State's game last week, they started to play. They were in the first quarter, and because of lightning storms, they had to stop and got canceled. So Iowa State didn't really get a warm-up week last week. They only played half of a quarter, and then they had to, you know, pack it up. They didn't get to really see what the boys had. Um, And Iowa, on the other hand, they got a full game. Um, They got a nice warm-up, and they seem ready to go. But the question is, uh, you know, in this battle of the Iowans, the cross-state rivalry, Who's going to get that W, Chris? I'm going Iowa State. I agree. Uh, that Iowa State front four on defense, it is mean. And they're going to, they're going to, I think they're just going to win the battle in the trenches. And I think that's where this game's going to be won because neither of these teams, Iowa's not going to throw the ball. Iowa's going to run the ball. They're going to try to drain the clock. And I think this Iowa State defense is going to be able to swallow them up. And I think Iowa State's going to get the W. They got David Montgomery at running back. I saw him put up a lot of points versus Texas Tech last year. Very good. Kyle Kemp, very interesting story with their quarterback. Uh, I know, I think he's a six-year guy, uh, has just been putting in his dues for the team. I think they actually, uh, you know, granted him an exception to play his six-year Kyle Kemp. He's the guy that came in last year after their starting quarterback went down, and Kyle Kemp has always been, on the team, he's always been, you know, a fan favorite, great guy overall. Uh, came in and beat Oklahoma his very first start on a oh, that crazy was him. pass. That yeah, was him? that was him. Yeah, yeah. He's twenty three. Um, he's still in college. I mean, living. The I wish dream. I were you, living the dream. I wish I was you. Um, but yeah, I mean, Iowa State. They're not returning a couple of the the wide receivers that they had last year, but they're they're a good football team, and I think that you know to prove a point how good they are, they win this game versus Iowa. Yeah, I mean that Iowa State defense was no joke last year. I know they ran a lot of three up, eight back, where they just rushed three and had eight guys in the secondary, which really confused a lot of the Big Twelve offenses that are obviously it's like past the cloud. First. I keep yeah. calling it the cloud, yeah. And, and I think with this game, because they know Iowa's not going to throw the ball, their quarterback really isn't that great, but their run game is, I think that they're going to stack the box a little bit. They might still only send three, but leave a lot of backers and those bigger safeties up towards the box to kind of stuff the run game. And I think if they can do that successfully, they can get this win. And what I'm really curious is if they're going to keep that magic going from last year. I mean, Iowa State last year, I feel, was like the giant crusher, you know, the Oklahoma win. The, didn't they beat West Virginia, too? No. Oh, it was a close so. game. Came down to the end. But every time they played a big time team, they were either right in it to the end or they got the W. And I'm just curious as to see if they can keep that going from last year. Yeah, and they almost beat Oklahoma State. That was a really good game. Yeah, you know what? They really came into their own last year. Uh the Rice, as soon as Kyle Kemp came in, they uh they were one and three. No. Yeah, they were one and three. Then they beat Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma when Kyle Kemp went in. Beat Kansas. They beat. They didn't only beat Texas Tech. They embarrassed Texas that Tech. That game. Then sucked. they beat. Then they beat TCU, number nine in the country at the time. 
They lost to West Virginia, which was a very good game. Then they almost beat Oklahoma State. That was a great game. They beat Baylor, of course. They lost to Kansas State, 20-19. They should have won that game. Then they won their bowl game, Liberty Bowl versus Memphis, who was ranked in the top 25. So, uh, yeah. I mean, Iowa State returning their QB. They got a good running back, good defense. So, yeah, they're going to come away with a dub. So, Let's see if they can keep crushing Giants. All right, man. I mean, that covers it for the Big 12 games this week. And, you know, we've given out our picks. We've covered what happened at last game. We covered what we think is going to happen in this game. We talked a little bit of Cliff and Raiders in the NFL. Uh, So, once again, shout out to our sponsor, Dandy. But let's wrap up this episode. And, uh, you know, we'll see you next week to hopefully recap a big W, not a face tattoo, and look forward to the big game against Houston. Uh, So, I'm Ryan. And I'm Chris. And this has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns up, baby. Guns up.